scrambles he's left, winds up, runs the left. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Hey, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with my good buddy, Tyler, a.k.a. T. Plush. You can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. Uh, you can also find our podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. Scott is busy being a nature man, I think. He's out camping in the <laughs> middle of the woods by himself currently. Um, so he doesn't have his computer or anything or Wi-Fi to chat with us. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be Tyler and I again today. So today, Tyler, I want to talk about rankings because there's been a whole bunch of things going on, whether it be Madden rankings or these lists that ESPN is putting out of top 10 at each position throughout the league, and notably um, Aaron Jones being snubbed on the top 10 running back list, not being on that list at all. Uh, so I wanted to go through rankings, but I'm going to do it a little bit differently because I don't get the full – I watch NFL football. I like to watch football. I love football, but I don't – watch every single game. I don't see what these players are doing on every single game. I see more of the NFC North. So we're going to go through position by position um, and rank the NFC North and not just by, you know, the starter, say for wide receivers. It's not just going to be, you know, the best receiver on each of those teams. It's going to be the group and how the groups rank with each other. Same thing for tight ends, for offensive linemen, running backs, all those different positions. Before we get to all of that, Tyler, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad you mentioned the words Madden because it reminded me of how this weekend I just whooped your ass in Madden, <laughs> to put it lightly. Sorry, Trevor. But uh, your Falcons defense made Jimmy Garoppolo look like an all-pro quarterback. So I, I very much enjoyed that moment. I showed no sympathy for you on your birthday weekend, so I apologize. But I, I did get to spend some good time with you. Took We went out to Uga on Friday night, a, a brewery in town here, one of the few that's kind of open within this area. And, yeah, just kind of had a relaxing weekend after that. I can't complain. It was quite fun. Yeah, that, that performance on Saturday of this weekend was piss poor on my part. Um, my offense came alive late, got me 34 something points like that. But like Tyler said, my defense was ass. I think he scored 57 points or something like that. So it was a, it was a rough outing for me and Madden. Um, but let's talk some actual football and some NFC North football. Um, 
And we're going to look, like I said, we're going to go through each position. We're going to try to be unbiased, but as you know, in the intro, I say this is a podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. <laughs> it's not going to be easy for us to be extremely biased. So take these rankings with a grain of salt. But I do want to try to get in that mindset of take this from, you know, a wider lens and try to figure out where the Packers truly rank in the NFC North. You know, they're the best team last year record wise. Do we think by personnel grouping they are going to be the best? So we're going to start with offense, and let's start with the most important position on the field, and that's the quarterback position. So the Packers have Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, uh, Vikings, Kirk Cousins, the Bears, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, and the Lions, Matthew Stafford. So let's just kind of talk about these quarterbacks and then – try to come up with a combined ranking of these quarterbacks um, slash these quarterback rooms. I wanted to put Jordan Love on there just because I feel like he deserves it. There's not a lot of backups on the Vikings or Lions that I think really are going to sway this conversation at all. But I just want to get your thoughts on kind of the quarterback position in the NFC North and where you think that ranks yeah, so to to get started, I guess I kind of just looked at some of the very superficial stats. So I took a look at like passing yards per game. And out of the NFC North, somehow the Lions were number one. They threw for about 10 more yards per game than the Packers. And then scrolling down the list, it was Vikings and then Bears. But then you look at individual stats. Aaron Rodgers was the uh, yard leader in the NFC North. He was the only one over 4,000 yards. Obviously, Trubisky didn't even come close. Stafford was hurt most of last year, only played eight games. So the Lions also had David Blow and Jeff Driscoll last year thrown into their stats. So I don't think they sway anything by any means at all either. And then Kirk Cousins only threw for 3,600 yards. So... Putting together a ranking system, like in terms of teams, obviously I say, okay, well, who's the best quarterback out of this group? It's still Aaron Rodgers. It it has to be. He's he's clutch. He swayed so many close games last year in the Packers' favor. So I think he's definitely the best, and that's going to put the Packers up at number one. Going down the rest of the line, um, I think the two spot is between the Vikings and the Lions. And I think in his prime, I would have said Matthew Stafford. But number two, I'm going to have to go with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Number three, Stafford. And then last will be the combination of Foles and Trubisky. All right. So I think I agree with most of what you said uh, until you told me Kirk Cousins is the second best quarterback in the division. I do not agree with that at all. (laughs) I think... um, if the Vikings don't get Delvin Cook, and I haven't been up on a lot of the negotiations or anything like that, but when he came out and said he wasn't going to play till he got a new contract, I thought that was going to be a terrible thing for the Vikings and specifically Kirk Cousins. I think Matthew Stafford can compete, play extremely well with no matter what he has as weapons. And he's starting to get weapons now. Like, he's got... Second-round draft pick DeAndre Swift with Carrion Johnson in the backfield. And then at receiver, he's got Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Those guys 
can be very, very talented and great players in this league. And I think, to me, on talent alone, Matthew Stafford is a much, much, much better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins can't win big games, so you can't even have that argument of Matthew Stafford hasn't won any real important games or anything like that. Because Kirk Cousins hasn't either. He's He kind of goes into a shell when he gets on Monday nights, primetime. He's, he's not the same quarterback as he is on noon on a Sunday. So I think based on talent and Stafford was good. Like Matthew Stafford was very, very good last year. If you would have played a whole season like that, he would have an argument to pass Aaron Rodgers on this list going into 2020. Obviously not for their careers. He's nowhere near the quarterback Aaron Rodgers was for their career, but he was a very good player last year. Uh, he only played in eight games, but he had a 64% completion percentage, almost 2,500 yards, 8.6 yards per attempt, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions. He was playing extremely well. Um, and like I said, eight games, 2,500 yards, you extrapolate that out 16 games, he's got 5,000 yards. You extrapolate his touchdown numbers out, he's got, you know, 38 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. That's better numbers than Aaron Rodgers would have had last year had he not been injured. So I, and it's not even a question to me, Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Did I change your mind at all? Um, you swayed it slightly. I think my counter would be, well, you know, we, we talked about the talent of Matthew Stafford and I agree a hundred percent with that, but it's kind of like that Kirk Cousins kind of has that ability that Aaron Rodgers has in terms of like, he's a, just a really good game manager. Cousins only threw six interceptions last year. He, he does what's best for the team. Not to say that Stafford doesn't, but he'll, he'll take chances. He, he likes to air it out. I mean, that's what he's been most of his career. And it, it's been a little different under uh, Patricia, but if you take a look at the quarterback ratings, we have Kirk Cousins here finished with a 107.4 and then Matthew Stafford finished with 106 of course obviously in just about half the games so I think yeah while he totally would have obliterated Kirk Cousins and heck like you said maybe even Aaron Rodgers in yards touchdowns um, I, I do think there is something to be said for Kirk Cousins just playing smart football and that I think that's kind of what swayed me to him to be number two, but I guess if you're going to go from pure talent alone, then I would agree that Stafford is number two rather than Cousins. Okay, let's put this in an argument. Um, you get you get the Packers roster. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love is not on it. Who would you rather have to win a playoff game, Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins? Well, the Lions have never won playoff games. No, I'm just kidding. I would totally take Matthew Stafford, I think. that That's a good point. Okay. So I am glad that you came to the light side and got <laughs> away from the dark side there. I had to pull my good buddy Tyler away from the dark side, and I'm glad we were able to do it. Um, so our rankings there, Packers and Aaron Rodgers at number one, Lions at number two with Matthew Stafford, Vikings are third with Kirk Cousins, and the Bears are in fourth with Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, whoever they decide to throw out there for the majority of the season in 2020. Let's move ahead to running back. Uh, so I'm just going to go through the running back rooms 
this is per our lads. They have depth charts and different things. Um, I adjusted some of the Packers depth charts, whether it be on offense and defense. I've kind of adjusted from what I believe where these players rank, but I just took it straight up for the rest of them because I feel like they know a little bit better than I do for these other teams. Um, anyways, Packers, obviously Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Jamal Williams, Vikings, Delvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Michael Boone, Admir Abdullah. Bears have Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, Ryan Nail, and the Lions have Carrion Johnson, DeAndre Swift, and Bo Scarborough. So let's just try to talk this out. Where do we think these different running back groups rank? And I think one and two is going to be a very good talking point, and three and four are going to – there could be some mismatching there between the two of us. Mm, all right. Well, for me, it's more of – I think one is pretty obvious in that it's the Packers. Like, I, I think they run away with this one just with how versatile Aaron Jones is. He's more – I wouldn't say the most versatile he might be, but he definitely is the most productive, most efficient out of anyone in this group. And then you throw in AJ Dillon, Jamal Williams, like those are very solid dudes. So they're number one for me by quite a bit. And then on the opposite end, I'm putting the bears at number four by quite a bit. They're the only team last year in the NFC North, not to average over a hundred rushing yards per game. They're at 91. And in fact, that was good for second last in the NFC. So yikes. I, you know, they do try to use Tariq Cohen, I think, in a lot of different ways, but he's just he's not productive and they, they just can't get him open in space. Um, so that's why the Bears are last. So for me, it's really kind of that two and three is like, all right, where who kind of gets that nod? And it's close for, uh, for this. I'm just going to assume Dalvin Cook is in the equation. I think that's the only fair way to do it. And the Vikings are a very, very run heavy team. So from a superficial team standpoint they i think they run away with it like rushing yard wise because that's what they like to do that's their identity but from a talent standpoint uh carry on johnson is incredible adding deandre swift for the lions that's going to be a good addition and bo scarborough i i'm a big fan of him so i think the talent of the lions makes me put them at number two the vikings at number three whoa <laughs> process that, that. <laughs> i can honestly say i was not expecting that um so i mentioned i thought one and two were going to be close and three and four were going to be close even though i feel like all of these running back rooms are supremely talented um i think david montgomery could be the workhorse in chicago and be a very good one and Tariq cohen is kind of that change of pace you know split him out type of back and I think they could be very good. But the thing that gets me with them is all of these other teams have a third back. And I I don't really know who Ryan Nail is. I don't even know if I'm saying his last name right. But to me, the third back adds a little bit to the other team. So I would agree with Bears at four. The thing with me with the Lions is I think Carrion Johnson is very good. I think DeAndre Swift could be a huge addition for them. He is a rookie, so how long is it going to take him to kind of assimilate to the offense? Now, typically running backs can hop in and be pretty proficient in year one. But is he able to do that, you know, 
week one, week two, week three of the season, or is it going to be more like week six of the season that he starts to really hit his stride? Um, so for me, I'd put the Lions at three. I'd put the Vikings. I think I'd put the Vikings at two. I'm trying to be non-biased here, but it's it's really hard for me to think that even though Delvin Cook might be a better pure runner and he might be the better running back, it's just hard for me. If you look at everything, it's very, very hard for me to actually say that I would rather have Delvin Cook than Aaron Jones because, you know, Aaron Jones has had issues with injury, but Delvin Cook has been worse in that regard. You know, Aaron Jones, his first two years, I believe he had 12 games in each of them, so he missed four. And then after that, um, he played all 16 last year. Delvin Cook has been in the league the same amount of time, three years, and the most he's played is 14, and that was last year. His rookie year, he only got to play four. Year after that, he only played in 11 games. So just availability, I think Aaron Jones wins out there. I do think Alexander Madison does bring a unique, and he's a talented young player for the Vikings, and I think that is the one that's like, it's one to monitor for me because I feel like he is a better back than Jamal Williams is at this moment going into the second year of his career. Last year, he rushed for 462 yards, and it was a 4.6-yard average for him. Um, He didn't get the load, obviously, that Dalvin Cook gets, but he was pretty effective when he ran the ball. You know, 4.6 yards an attempt. He also averaged 8.2 yards of reception and had an 83% catch percentage. So for me, Alexander Madison is above Jamal Williams, but is he above A.J. Dillon? I feel like A.J. Dillon is just such a workhorse and can be such a change of pace to Aaron Jones that it's he's going to be better when Aaron Jones is right there with him because it's such a change from Aaron Jones to the A.J. Dillon. And having them on the field at the same time, it's, it's going to be really hard. You split out Aaron Jones, um, Aaron Rodgers is under center, and you have A.J. Dillon in the backfield – you have Josiah DeGuara, Devontae Adams, and Jay Sternberger out there. You have no idea what's happening. Is Aaron Jones going to run a sluggo? Is it going to be you know, a route to Devontae? Is it going to be a run? Is it going to be a play-action pass that leaks Josiah DeGuara or something like that? There's just so much that A.J. Dillon brings to this offense that I think he kind of wipes out the rest of this Vikings uh, running back group for me, at least he is so talented and it's hard for me to say that he's better than Alexander Madison at this point, because we haven't seen him rush in the NFL. And until we're able to see him rush in the NFL, I don't know if we can go and say that he is better than Alexander Madison at the NFL level. So I think I kind of change it. I think I'm going to go. My rankings are Vikings Packers, Lions, Bears, and really the the top two is very hard for me. I think Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones are like, if you're going to give them a matting rating, I think they're both about 92 to 94. They're very, very similar in terms of talent and what they bring to a football team. But the Vikings just have guys that I know a little bit more about 
Um, you know, even Michael Boone, Amir Abdullah, those guys, I know what I'm going to get out of them. A.J. Dillon, I know he has the talent, but I don't know what I'm going to get out of him yet. And that's part of the reason why um, DeAndre Swift doesn't vault the Lions into this conversation because I just don't know what I'm getting out of him at the professional level. I know what he was able to do in college, but that doesn't always translate, you know, the same type of production. So that I want to see that, and then I will put the Packers in front of the Vikings. But if you're going to ask me who's a better running back, Aaron Jones or Delvin Cook, I will say Aaron Jones 100% of the time. I'm still going to... I'm still going to try and sway you to my rankings because, I mean, you, you talked about production. Like, you said you weren't sure if Jamal Williams was better than Alexander Madison. But from a production standpoint, he was. The rushing stats are they're very similar. But then you take a look at Jamal in the receiving games. He had five receiving touchdowns last year. Madison did not. <laughs> so I, I think if you want to look at production, the Packers blow this away by a mile. I mean, Aaron Jones had 16 rushing touchdowns plus whatever in the receiving game. Dalvin Cook had 13 rushing touchdowns. Then you add in Jamal Williams, five receiving touchdowns and his one rushing touchdown. All of a sudden you're starting to creep away there a little bit for, for the Packers. And, you know, when you take a look after that, I know you're going to want to keep the Vikings at number two, but I don't know, like, Last year, Carrion Johnson for the Lions, he was injured. Like, pretty much everyone was injured in the Lions' backfield last year. They wanted to be a running team, but when you suffer through so many injuries and go through so many running backs, that, that gets pretty hard to do. And Carrion Johnson was looked at as basically like the savior of their, their running game. He had their first 100-yard rushing game what last, or two years ago now, and I don't even remember how long it was. But I, you know, I'm still going to hold on to the hold on to it a little bit, but I can see your point keeping the Vikings at two because, I mean, Amir Abdullah is very versatile. He, he can catch a lot of passes. I do think, you know, the point about DeAndre Swift and not knowing what he's going to be, I think that would put Madison, I guess, over him. So, I, you know, I, I talked myself into it. I'd keep the Vikings at two, I guess. And then I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, I'll switch Packers and Vikings if you switch uh, Vikings and Lions. Yep, because... I think even though Dalvin Cook hasn't been as available as you would like, if you're a Vikings fan, a Packers, Lions, Bears fan, you're definitely okay with how available he was in the first couple years. Obviously, you don't want to see injuries, but as a team that's going to play them twice a year and a guy that talented, it's it's he's a scary guy to go up against. So, you know... Availability is a big thing, and you you mentioned Carryon Johnson was hurt last year too, um, so it's ju- it's just going to be an interesting interesting and very very talented running back group. We put the Bears in last. I don't think Tariq Cohen's a bad player. I don't think David Montgomery's a bad player. I think they're very good players, both of them. But it, with this group of running backs, it's very very hard for me to see the Bears higher than that, and. By the end of the year, I would not be surprised if the Bears are creeping up this list for us. But as of right now, I think this is a pretty pretty solid list for the running back groups. Wide receiver group. This one I feel like is going to be very interesting. So I'm just going to run through the receivers. And I am just going to say in advance, I'm going to butcher names here. So just bear with me. <laughs> <Good luck>. uh, <laughs> the Packers, obviously, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Devin Funchess, MVS, EQ, 
Jake Kumro, Reggie Bagleton, Daryl Stewart, and Malik Taylor. The Vikings have Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Tajay Sharp, Alabisi Johnson, KJ Osborne, Chad Beebe, Alexander Hollins, Dylan Mitchell, and Quantini Davis. The Bears, Allen Robinson, Cordell Patterson, Javon Wims, Ted Ginn, Alex Weasley, Daryl Money, and Trevor Davis. Yes, that Trevor Davis. Uh, the Lions have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Gmo, Travis Fulgham, Marvin Hall, Quintez Cephas, Chris Lacey, Tom Kennedy, and Jeremy Davis. So let's just talk about this kind of grouping as a whole in the NFC North, Tyler. Ooh, well, I, I put down my pre-rankings before we started podcasting, but I, I think I might change it. So I'm just going to walk through this here. Um, I think the Bears have to go last. And Allen Robinson is their best wide receiver, and he actually was quite productive last year, 98 catches. Like, I didn't even know Trubisky could complete that many passes, but apparently he did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anthony Miller was their second, but I don't see him on this list, so he must have left the Bears. I've been keeping up with with the offseason additions, obviously. But, yeah, looking at the rest of the group, I mean— Oh, wait, wait. I really messed this up. So— when I wrote this down, I completely missed the slot receivers on the Bears. So they also have Anthony Miller, Riley Ridley, Reggie Davis, and Ahmad Wagner. Sorry about that, Tyler. Okay. Um, okay. Well, keep rolling with them in the last for now. That that might change. <laughs> Anthony Miller obviously helps the Bears out quite a bit. Um, yeah, he had some good flashes last year. And then the only other name, like Ted Ginn. He played for the Saints for a while, had Drew Brees. That that kind of catches my eye. Um, but I'll, I'll keep – oop, go ahead. And the, with the Lions, I missed something too. So when I went through this, I went – the rankings – or how I went through this was I went Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions because that's how they went in the division last year. So the Packers and Vikings on this rlads.com, they have great depth charts and I love them, but they had them set up for the Packers and the – Vikings as left receiver and right receiver. And then for the Bears and the Lions, they added slot receiver underneath it, and I did not notice that before. So the Lions also have Danny Amendola and Victor Bolton. Ah, okay. Danny Amendola is a very big game changer too, so <laughs> that that's good to know. Um, yeah, Bears last will stay for now because that's how I started. I'm going to put the Vikings third then. They obviously lost Stephon Diggs. Adam Thielen is is still a beast. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how he can do as the true number one guy. Justin Jefferson obviously has potential, but you, you don't know what you're going to get there. Um, second, I'm going to put the Packers. I think Devontae Adams is by far the best wide receiver individually. But um, his supporting cast, I think Al Lazard has the potential to be good. And same with all the other receivers. We all know about the Packers wide receivers' potentials. Um, It's just a matter of doing it. So for now, I'm going to keep him second, which obviously leaves the Lions at first. I mean, Kenny Galladay is amazing. Then you pair in Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola, as you mentioned. So, I mean, looking at those three guys, Galladay had 65 catches last year, over 1,000 receiving yards. Marvin Jones had 62 catches. Danny Amendola had 62 catches as well. So very well spread out. And then 22 
oh, 21, can't math, touchdown receptions between the three of those guys last year. So they're my number one. So uh, th- I was really hoping you were going to say that because I think in the national media, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, they do not get the credit that they deserve. And I do think both of those players are immensely talented. So I, I think I'm going to agree with you that the Lions – have the best room in wide receivers. They do not have the best receiver, but I think, I think with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola, you have a good trio there. And then you add some guys that can be productive. I think Gmo as a fourth receiver rather than a second receiver could be a very viable option and help their offense. I think, I don't know a lot of these other guys and what they're capable of, but watching Quintus Sivas at Wisconsin, if he's your number five guy and you throw him out in five wide situations and he's on the other team's safety or whatever it happens to be, you know, fourth corner, whatever they put out there, I think he could make a make some hay there too in limited opportunities, obviously. The rest of this, it's... It's kind of hard after the Lions, I think, because how far does Devontae take the Packers? Devontae, obvious, in my opinion, it's not even close in the NFC North. He's the number one receiver in the NFC North. Um, And in my opinion, Kenny Galladay is closer than Adam Thielen. Fight me on that. I don't care. Um, And actually, I would probably prefer Allen Robinson over Adam Thielen. And that's because, like you said, he had production last year when Mitch Trubisky, who played terribly last year, was throwing him the football. So I think if we're just going to talk about number one receivers, it's Packers, Lions, Bears, Vikings. And that's no dig on Adam Thielen. Great, great receiver in this league. There's just so much talent at this position throughout the league that even though you might be the true number one and a great player, that doesn't mean that you're obviously you're going to go right into the top 10. There's so much talent at this position throughout the league and in the NFC North, especially at the top. Um, but I think, to me, I think just, just barely the Packers get to number two. And that's because we've seen production from the you know, number two and number three guys. We've seen Alan Lazard, even though it's half a season, we've seen him produce. We've seen Devin Funches. We've seen him be able to produce. We've seen, now after that, you're getting to, you know, fourth, fifth receivers. We've seen the flashes from EQ and MVS. And I think EQ is going to come out of this year closer to the number two receiver than he is to the number five. I think he's going to be, you know, the second or third receiver on this roster going into the 2021 season. Um, So I'm going to put the Packers at two. And then after that, I think between it's, do you take Adam Thielen and a very talented rookie or do you take Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller? Like that's, I think the biggest difference, because I think after that Cordell Patterson is a good kind of gadget player. He's not a great wide receiver though. Um, I think Tajay Sharp's a better wide receiver than Cordell Patterson. But like I said, you have that kind of change with Cordell Patterson being able to do 
other things, but not really specifically wide receiver roles and be good in that role. Um, but then you look at the rest of them. I think Javon Wims is a solid player. I think Ted Ginn is a solid player as you go down the Bears depth chart. So it's to me, you got to talk about these top two on both of these. That's what's going to make or break this kind of ranking for these two teams in terms of who's three and who's four. And I am going to put my money on just Justin Jefferson because I think he's going to be a great player and I think he's going to figure it out fairly soon. I think the rest of this Vikings team, because there's like 15 rookies or something ridiculous like that, and they've get gotten rid of a lot of players. I think it's going to be a lot of work in progress, but I think Justin Jefferson is going to be the guy that comes in and plays extremely well. So it's hard because I want to put him or the Vikings third, because I think they're going to be better. But I just made the argument that we can't a hundred percent put AJ Dillon in front of Alexander Madison because he doesn't have NFL production. Um, This is so hard. Tyler, help me. What are we going to do here? I'll tell you what, you kind of had me convinced to go Bears number three, talking about the number twos. Um, And then the fact that you, you know, I agree with you. I think you might even put Allen Robinson ahead of Adam Thielen in terms of number ones. I mean, Robinson had 98 catches last year. That's incredible. Sure, they were a lot on, you know, short little crossing routes, little dinks, but we, we know Robinson can go up and get the ball and make spectacular plays as well. So I think that's kind of what sways me to put Bears three, Vikings four. Oh, God. If any Vikings fans get a hold of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's do it. I think just from that argument I made earlier, I think I got to stick with it. I think the NFL production with Anthony Miller – is more we've seen than Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be a better player in the NFL, but we have to see what he's going to be able to do in his rookie year. And so at this point, we're going to do it. We're going to put the Bears at three and the Vikings at four, and I think this is insanely hard. This is definitely the hardest group to rank, in my opinion, Um especially in that three, four slot, because I think there's a lot of kind of overlap, but you know, I mentioned, I think I'd take Allen Robinson over Adam Thielen. And then the second receiver is either Anthony Miller or a rookie receiver. Who are you going to take? I think that makes a lot of sense. So we have lions, Packers, bears, Vikings for the wide receiver rankings. Let's move ahead to tight end Packers. They have Jay Sternberger, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanyan, Josiah DeGuara, Evan Baelish, James Looney. If you don't remember, he did switch to tight end. He is also or was a defensive lineman coming in for the Packers. And then Jordan Jones as well. Vikings, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr., Tyler Conklin, Brandon Dillon, Nakia Griffin-Stewart, the Bears, Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, (laughs) Uh, Adam Shaheen, J.P. Holtz, Demirius Harris, Ben Braun Inker. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Jesper Horstead, Eric Sobert, and Darren Clark. The Lions have T.J. Hawkinson, Jesse James, Isaac Nada, Matt 
Sakol and Hunter Bryant and Luke Sellers. So let's talk tight ends, Tyler. All right. Well, we'll please the Vikings fans here. I I think I'm going to go with the Vikings at number one. I mean, you look at production. Rudolph had 39 catches last year, and then their backup, this Herb Smith guy, had 36 catches, which I'm sure is due into a large part that the Vikings like to run the ball. So their tight ends are they're out there a lot, right? Um, so after that, um, that's kind of when it gets a little bit trickier. Um, I think I'm going to go number two with the Lions. I, I love Hawks, such a beast. Um, Jesse James has put together some productive years, um, especially just from scoring the scoring the touchdowns. Last year didn't really have any success, 16 catches, no touchdowns, but I, I'm still a fan of him. I'm going to go the, the Packers at number three just because of the unknown, like Jay Sternberger. I, I got a lot of hope in him, but... You know, we got to see what what's going to happen. Lewis is a great blocker, can still make good catches. Um, Josiah DeGuara almost might even push the needle by the end of this season to, like, bump the Packers up, I think, just because he's so versatile and can do more than just tight end things. And then the Bears tight end room is is just a, a laughing stock, although I am kind of excited to see Cole Komet play. Um, I think that was a good pickup there. But the rest of them, <laughs> no, Jimmy Graham, yikes. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I think I'm gonna agree with you with your rankings. I think the Vikings are pretty handily in the number one spot as of right now. Um, Kyle Rudolph is a very productive player. Irv Smith was a guy that so Irv Smith was the third tight end in that Hawkinson draft. So it was Hawkinson fans. And then I think Irv Smith was that kind of third guy. And that was the guy I wanted the Packers to get at 44 overall, obviously very happy with the pick that they got there in Elton Jenkins. But that was the guy that I was looking forward to and hoping the Packers might get. We end up with Jay Sternberger. I, Jay Sternberger is a lot of ifs, you know, if he can kind of show out, he is going to be a very good tight end in this league, and he's going to be easy tight end one for the Packers. And I think he could make a run for one of the better tight ends in the division, you know, one or two by the 2022 season if he continues to progress and, and plays well. But Vikings number one, no no issues there for me. I think... Between the Lions and Packers, I think it's, you know, who are you going to take, TJ Hawkinson or Jay Sternberger? They were in the same draft as well. Jace got taken in the third round. TJ Hawkinson got taken, you know, top 10. So I am going to take the talent of TJ Hawkinson. After that, I think, like you said, Jesse James is very solid player. He's not a great player, but you know what you're going to get from him. Mercedes Lewis, kind of the same guy, except he's great in terms of blocking. And he's going to be a very good mentor for these young guys. Robert Tanyan, I'm excited to see his progression. If he's able to make another step And Josiah DeGuara, I think is going to be a very versatile player, but I also don't think he's going to pass Jay Sternberger in terms of tight end one type of role anytime soon. Um, and then the bears, I'm excited about Cole Komet for them. I think that, like you said, Tyler, I think that was a good pickup. Um, I recently listened to the Lockdown Packers had the NFC North kind of crossover this past week. And I believe 
the Lockdown Bears host said Adam Shaheen is going to be out in Chicago. So you have Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham. I mean, Jimmy Graham in limited roles if you put him in the right spots. But then it kind of tells the defense what you're doing. Like, I just don't know how productive he's going to be able to be. Outside of that, there's I really, really struggled through the pronunciation of these guys because I do not know a lot of these players. So I think that ranking makes sense of Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears for the tight end group. Let's go ahead to the offensive line. I think I know who you're going to put number one here, but let's run through them quick. Packers starting offensive line is from left to right. Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lindsley, Billy Turner, and Ricky Wagner. Vikings, Riley Reef, Pat Elfline, Garrett Bradbury, Dakota Dozier, Brian O'Neill. The Bears, Charles Leno, James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, Rashad Cower, and Bobby Massey. Lions have Taylor Decker, Joe Dahl, Frank Ragnow, O'Day Abusi, and Hala Polvis. <laughs> Tyler, can you tell me what that name is? <laughs> I have not I th- a clue. <laughs> I think he goes. I think his nickname is Hala. He goes by Hala, but it's Hala Polavati, <laughs> and then his last name is Vitia. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> and I I know he was a he was the reason they signed him. I believe from the Eagles. Um, to a pretty big money deal um, to replace Rick Wagner, who is now the likely starting right tackle for the Green Bay Packers. So let's go through this starting offensive line. We could talk off- offensive line depth, but let's be honest, we're not going to know the offensive line depth for the other three teams. So we'll just talk starting offensive line. Yeah, even knowing the opposing team's starting offensive line in general is difficult. Like, there's there's so much unknown. So, like, trying to process this, I just kind of looked at how many sacks the team gave up, which is definitely not the best way to do things. But, I mean, looking at it, the, the Bears gave up the most sacks last year, 45. Lions are second, 43. So... That's just kind of the order I'm going to go at the bottom there. And then, obviously, your top two spots are between the Vikings and the Packers. Um, but I think that's a different situation. The Vikings gave up 28 sacks, whereas the Packers gave up 36. But I think it's just a lot different because the Packers' offensive line is so talented. They they run so efficiently, and they obviously pass a lot more than the Vikings. So that's kind of why I'm going to stick with the Packers at one, Vikings at two. Yeah, I think... From I don't think there's going to be, from any NFC North fans, I don't think they're going to say, if they're looking at it unbiasedly, that their offensive line is better than the Packers. I don't think there's a lot there. You know, you have the best, or at the very least, a top three left tackle in the league, in my opinion, for the Packers. You have who could have probably got rookie of the year votes last year and out in Jenkins at left guard, Corey Lindsley, extremely solid. Know exactly what you're getting from Corey Lindsley snap in and snap out. Very solid at the center position, Billy Turner. He's versatile. He, he kind of has a little bit of inconsistencies. I think as the year progressed last year, I think he got better. 
Um, but I think because of how poor he started the season, every little thing kind of got turned on its head for him and made his season worse than what it actually was. If you listen to Twitter or anything like that. And then Rick Wagner, I think it's a solid pickup. He's not going to be as good as Brian Belaga. And if Brian Belaga was on this list, it would be easy. No question. Backers number one. Um, but I do think Rick Wagner is like two years off of getting a huge money deal from the Lions. So I don't think it's that crazy to think that he can be, you know, Brian Bulaga light. Not quite the same production, not quite the same type of right tackle, but but pretty close. I, so I think the Packers are number one here. And like I said, I don't think there's a lot of NFC North fans that are going to be unbiased that are going to tell you that that's not the case. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, the Vikings gave up the fewest sacks last year, but they don't really pass that often. So yeah, they're going to give up the fewest sacks because they just hand the ball to Delvin Cook all the time. Um, to me, this, this last rankings is, it's tough because, the Vikings, I don't trust their line. <laughs> uh, Bears don't trust their line. Lions, again, not really a big fan of their line either. So what did you do? You did Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears? Correct, yep. Mm. I don't think I'm going to argue with that too much. I think possibly the Lions could be above the Vikings, but I don't sit down and watch the film on the offensive line enough to feel like I can make a really adequate statement. I think Taylor Decker is a good player. I think Frank Wagner is a good player. But I also think Garrett Bradbury could be a very good player. Um, Pat Elfline for the Vikings, not the <laughs> he's not very good. But, I mean... It's kind of just splitting hairs here with the rest of them. So I'll just keep with what you said in Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. Um, I do think that that could change over the season. Players step up a little bit and those types of things. But I think that's the order that I feel comfortable with there. Again, I am going to preface at least the offensive line. If you want to ring us new ones for the rest of these offensive rankings, you can. But for the offensive line, I do not sit down and watch Vikings games to grind tape on the offensive line. So it could very well be Packers, Bears, Vikings, Lions, or any combination of that other than the Packers aren't going to change. They're going to be at number one. So you can change two through four on that, in my opinion. Um, I think we're going to come back next week and talk defense position by position and rank them in the NFC North as well. Um do you have anything else in terms of offense for today, Tyler? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, yeah, like you said, the offensive line is so hard because there's just so much you do. And, like, you know, without great advanced data, how do you – or access to it, how do you analyze it? But I do know I saw in an article – I don't remember who it was from. The Packers were, like, within the top five of the NFL for offensive line play. So it it isn't just us being unbiased – or being biased fans saying that the Packers have the best offensive line in the division. That That is accurate, and we should all believe that as, as NFL fans. So, yeah, the rest of it, 
not a single clue. <laughs> so if somebody knows a lot more about offensive line than we do, we would love to hear that conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but hit us up on Twitter at trilogy underscore pod and let us know how far off we are on certain rankings. Um, and what you would change, you know, do you think the Vikings have a top two in the division in terms of wide receiver grouping? What What do you guys think? Just hit us up on Twitter again at Trilogy underscore pod and let us know what you guys think. We love to have that interaction with you guys and it really helps us become better to get different perspectives and those types of things. So make sure you're reaching out and letting us know how we're doing in terms of our rankings and just our podcast in general. But until next week, go Pack Go. The Bears still suck.